Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app. Welcome to No Bunts, the podcast for the casual baseball fan here on the Athletic Baseball Show Network. I'm J.E. Skeets, pinch hitting for our guy Tass Mellis, and with me here in studio making the magic happen, super producer J.D. Hello. There he is, and my co-host, joining us from Taiwan, he's just a man who loves Taco Bell, it's Joel McMillan. That is me. I do love Taco Bell. Hello, Skeets. <laughs> How's it going, Tass? Happy Thanksgiving to all the Canadians out there, including, of course, the two guys here doing the show with me. Joel, quick question for you, putting you on the spot. Best Thanksgiving side dish. What is it? Oh, scallop potatoes, and I don't want to hear any other answers. Wow. Scalp potatoes? That's a wild card, Joel. Over mashed potatoes? <laughs> Yeah, doing it. <laughs> Sticking with it. Sticking with it, Skeets. Oh my god, uh, JD, chime in here. Is this a is that a hot take? I mean, I think I'm into it to be honest. They're good. They're really, really Thank good. Thank you. Thank you. If I'm given the choice between mashed and scalloped, I mean, we're talking cheese. It's like the mac and cheese of potatoes, right? Yeah, just such a different texture. Yeah, totally. But I solid. Think I'm into it, especially I, with ham. Especially with if you're ooh. having a ham. Scallop potatoes. Joel, you just blew my mind. Wow. I, I, I'm into it. Yes. I'm into it. Very much into Stuffing, it. Stuffing, though. Come on. Yeah. Stuffing is like the only time I ever eat. I mean, Thanksgiving Stuff, is the yeah. only time I ever eat stuffing. Yeah. So that's why it's high on my list. But hey, is it stuffing? Is it dressing? What do you call it out there? Uh, Joel, great to see you. I'm very excited to uh, talk a little baseball with you because we had the. Uh, Division series starting over the weekend, and you are going to give us your biggest takeaways from every single series. Let's get right into it. Top five, top five, top five takeaways, again, from the divisional series. And just before I get to the actual specific series, Joel, uh, a little postseason picture for you, for everyone joining us here on YouTube, the Bleacher Creatures. We love to see it. Uh, Here it is, and uh, look, upsets brewing left and right. When we mm-hmm. look at these, uh, only one series currently, as of Monday morning here, is tied. And that was the Twins tying it up against the Astros on Sunday. And let's start with that one, Joel. Uh, we're tied 1-1. We now head to Minnesota. Um, what's your big takeaway from this series? This series has surprised me a lot, Skeets. Uh, I didn't really... You know, like of the four series that were being played here, I was like, eh, Houston, I think, is going to have a pretty easy path. You know, I know uh, I know Minnesota finally got over that uh, hump and they finally, you know, slayed their curse and won the playoff series and beat the Jays. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Houston's just a different beast altogether in October. 
But, man, credit to the Twins. I mean, they have really taken it to the Astros. I know they lost game one, but they had that late rally. They made it close. And then in game two yesterday, I mean, they pretty much kept that Astros team in check. Carlos Correa, man, the guy just continues to absolutely dominate in October. He is a postseason clutch artist. I think last night I was watching the game. He already surpassed Ortiz and Derek Jeter in career postseason RBIs. He's already tied for third, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, that, um, that, is, know, so he- that is nuts. Just to jump in there, I saw that too. I thought that was a typo. Again, as a casual, I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? Correa always already has 63 career postseason RBIs. It's Bernie Williams with 80, Manny Ramirez with 78, and then Correa is tied with David Justice with 63. Yeah. Third all-time. He obviously played for the Astros and now is playing uh, for the Twins, and he was 3-for-3, three three, two doubles, a walk, and three RBIs last night, Joel. Yeah, I mean, he, like, you know... He- the offense, I feel like, goes through him uh, in in October, and he's you know he has a track record of doing this in Houston, and now he's doing it in Minnesota. But yeah, the Twins really like just look like a tough team. They got the all important split. They're going back to Minnesota. This series to me just screams that it's going five games because I think Minnesota is going to take at least one game at home. Houston's obviously you know they're they're going to be a tough out. So I think this has been a great series. It's the one that surprised me the most uh but could the twins and the twins too kind of give me the give me the same vibes as the 2019 nationals a team that had been also been perennial underachievers so many years with bryce harper but they just couldn't win a playoff round and then finally they they won a playoff round and they went on to win the world series in in 2019 kind of shock everyone i kind of get those same vibes from the twins could it finally be their year after so many years of failing in october We'll see, but man, this series is a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. If you believe this series is going five uh, between the Twins and the Astros, the advantage might go to Minnesota because, correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, but twin starting pitcher Pablo Lopez, he threw a gem first off last night in game two. 105 pitches through seven scoreless innings, gave up just six hits, one walk. He struck out seven. He's been incredible throughout this postseason, but I think he would be good to go for a potential Game 5, again, back in Houston. And, man, he was dominant, I thought, in Game 2 on yeah. Sunday night. Just like, And he had a great interview, like, mid-game. I love how baseball does that. You know, he just pitches seven innings, and then they're talking to him. I always get nervous, though, because he's talking about how great he pitched and the game's still going on. You know, they were up right. pretty significant, but still, anything can happen in baseball. But he just had complete control, Joel, like, north, south, east, west. And, again, that's a, that's a huge advantage. If the way he's pitching if he's going in game five for, for Minnesota. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you make it, you make an excellent point Skeets and yeah, he's certainly, I mean, it's a small sample size, but I would say he's looked like the best starting pitcher thus far in the postseason. So to have him going in game five would be huge for Minnesota and Minnesota's got kind of a, a sneaky good offense too. I know their pitching gets a lot of praise, but man, you know, they can really put the bat on the ball and score some runs. So we'll see. I still like Houston, okay. but Man, Minnesota is is not going to make it easy, and this is going to be an exciting series. I love watching Correa play against his old team, just watching him play uh, in October. And, you know, to, to the point, too, Houston is actually not a great home team, but they're one of the best road teams yeah. uh, in the American League. So for what that's worth, you know, maybe they play a bit better in Minnesota, but uh, it's going to be an exciting couple games. And that's an, an open-air stadium, right, in Minnesota? 
Like, it's getting cold yeah. here in Atlanta. How cold is it in Minnesota? Are they going to be bundled up for these uh, oh, yeah. games three and four? Yeah, I would assume so. All right, let's move. Yeah, uh, not just for the divisional series. I mean, man, imagine oh. Minnesota goes goes on, man. They're going to be wearing snow pants, you know, <laughs> by the World Series. What is this? Exhibition Stadium and the Blue Jays playing in <laughs> snow? Uh, all right, let's move with some pace here. Like, there's a pitch clock. Uh, we'll go to the other uh, American League division series, and that is the Rangers surprisingly up 2-0, Joel, on the Baltimore Orioles, who obviously won like 104 games during the regular season, number one seed in the American League, and here they are trailing. Uh, What's your big takeaway from this one, besides being just surprised, I assume? Yeah, I mean, obviously like a huge shock again. Like, figured Texas would, would get a split, much like in the Tampa Bay series, but you know, Texas just, man, it feels like they've been all over the country. They've been living or dying every day. has been an adventure for that team, I feel, for the past couple of weeks. But they have just stepped up and delivered. But, man, if I'm a Baltimore fan, I'm worried. I mean, losing both games at home. Houston is a great uh, home team, although Baltimore is a great road team as well. But I think the thing that concerns me the most about Baltimore is their is their pitching. Their start. If Baltimore does have a weakness, I kind of feel it's their starting pitching. It's good. It's not great. And Grayson Rodriguez, their you know arguably their best young pitcher, like he got rocked yesterday, but he's had a great second half. Their starting pitcher looked better in game one, but you know Baltimore's bullpen gave up five runs yesterday too. So they kind of look vulnerable at the moment. I'm not going to write the Orioles off just yet, but man. I mean, Texas just looks the part right now. They look like one of the most dangerous teams in the playoffs. And we talked about it last week, Skeets. I mean, all it just takes is that that one team just to get hot at the right time. And I'm getting those vibes from the Rangers. You know, they're undefeated. They've outscored every they've outscored both teams by a healthy margin so far. So going back to Texas, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. But yeah, I can't I just hard to believe that the Orioles after the season they had. Uh, are down 0-2 already and their season could be done. And it's crazy to think, too, that the American League East entered three teams in this year's postseason, and they don't have a win to show for it between those three teams yet. (laughs) Baseball, Hard to believe. It's weird. Yeah, the Rangers, the bats were alive in Game 2. The Orioles made it a game, got back into it. It was 11-8 in the end. And, uh, yeah, this is only a best-of-five series here. So Texas just has to win one, and they're going to hope to do that at home in Game 3, if necessary, Game 4. Uh, a big thing in that one in Game 2, I thought, Joel, was the Rangers hitters. They accepted 11 walks uh, from the yeah. Orioles pitchers. I mean, I don't, like... I mean, I'm sure you can find this somewhere on the web, like the breakdown of how many times a team actually wins when they give up 11 walks. Like that is that you're putting yourself at just a huge disadvantage. Uh, And like I said, the Orioles threatened to get back in the game, but I thought, I think it was Rangers relief pitcher um, Cody uh, Bradford. He sort of shut the door there for those three innings. I think in the the fifth, Mm -hmm. sixth, and seventh, he allowed just one hit. And then they started to get to him in the eighth, so they probably went with him a little too long, but had a big enough cushion there and uh, got the job done. Yeah, the Rangers, man, obviously saw that they did uh, in the the wildcard series. The bats are alive, and you're right. It's just like they're just hot at the perfect time and just try and ride that wave for three or four weeks, and you can end up in a World Series. Yeah, and it's and it's crazy too because going into this postseason, the Rangers, I mean, it was very well known. Their bullpen had been awful the second half. And then again, like small sample size, it's just been a couple of games, but their bullpen has has done the job. 
Uh, Seager set a record yesterday, postseason record, five walks in one game, like you said, with those 11 walks. So Texas is just playing really good baseball right now. And uh, like if they get by the Orioles, I kind of think, you know, they're the default team to beat like between Houston and and Minnesota. Uh, I mean, the the way Texas is playing now, it's hard not to like them. Uh, Let's move over to the National League and we'll start with the Phillies. Up 1-0 in their series against, uh, well, my hometown, Atlanta Braves. Um, I watched this one at my buddy Grish's, your buddy Grish's, our buddy Grish's house. We had the baseball game on the projector, out on the patio, because it's finally cool at night here in Atlanta. But it was frustrating because uh, the Braves just couldn't score and the Phillies took care of business. What's the big takeaway for uh, from Joel McMillan with this one? Man, if I'm a if I'm a Braves fan, I'm I'm concerned. Uh, I think the big reason is, you know, the Phillies came in. It's deja vu all over again. You know, last year the Phillies sweep their wild card series and they play the Braves in Atlanta and and steal Game One. It's the same thing again this year. Um, you know, and this too, they the Phillies did this on the road with a bullpen day, uh, starting with Ranger Suarez, and he was able to give them almost four innings. Like he kept them in the game. And then the Phillies bullpen just kind of locked it down. Bryce Harper being every bit of the superstar he is, he scored a run and he hit a home run. He looked apart. Um, you know, I feel like whoever wins game two is going to win the series, even if it's the Braves, obviously. But I feel this is a huge game because if the Phillies somehow win game two and steal both games in Atlanta, in my mind, this series is over because Atlanta is going to have to deal with Nola and then most likely Wheeler again, because Wheeler's pitching game two. Mm. So, you know, the Braves have put themselves kind of in a tough position. I know they got shut out. Was it just one bad game? I kind of think it is, but man, like if they don't get it done in game two and then they got to go to Philly, like that is not an easy place to win any time of the year, especially in October. But yeah, the Braves just that, that offense though is just too good to be held down for that long. They got shut out in game one. I expect the bats to come alive more, but it's not going to be easy against Zach Wheeler, who's, you know, a potential Cy Young candidate. What happens, hypothetically, of course, if the Orioles, let's say they get swept, at least lose, maybe the same things happens with the Braves. That's the two number one seeds in baseball in the respective leagues. Will people be crying about, oh, get, we got we to gotta bring back reseeding or get reseeding in here. This isn't fair to these number one seeded teams. Or will it be like, oh, they're screwed because they get the bye and they're, uh, you know, there's a little rest there and they get a little rusty and these other teams, you know, keep it going because they're uh, fighting in wildcard series. Like which one's going to outweigh the other when it comes to like, for the lack of a better word, maybe complaining if they are to get upset here. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make I think you can make gripes against both. I mean, so far, Atlanta having the break has been bad for them. They had it last year, lost. They had it again this year. They lost game one. Um, I, like to me, like I need more data. I need a, yeah. a, a bigger data set to see like if it's advantageous or or disadvantageous. But, uh, you know, Philly was my pick. And, you know, I talked about this earlier with Tass. I just think Philly gives Atlanta problems. I just think they match up well against them. It's too bad this series is in the divisional series. I would have liked to have seen this uh, later on, possibly in the championship series. But uh, yeah, we'll see. And uh, Spencer Strider, I don't know if you saw Skeet's got into a pretty animated discussion with I think his pitching coach or one of the coaches on the bench. Like 
he wanted to go back into the game. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you pitched a great game. I mean, I don't know why he was so adamant about going back out there. I mean, his team was down. I don't know what what was your take on that. Uh, I always feel for these pitchers when they're at when they're doing all right. I mean, he wasn't having a bad game, like you said. Uh, no, he wasn't. I, that's why it was refreshing for me to even see Lopez in the Twins game, like go seven innings, like. More times than not, I know a lot of the analytics back it up and all that. Like, they they pull these guys after three, four innings of incredible baseball pitching because, you know, they don't want the, the rotation to see them again. Obviously, they might lose some stuff. But, like, on the other hand, it's like the adrenaline's pumping through these guys. This is postseason baseball. Like, let them cook uh, until they really yeah. find themselves in trouble. I think they, I think some of these managers overthink it, I mean, personally. So, I you know, I, I love the fire from a pitcher. Like, I don't want to come out. Like... I'm fine. I'm okay. I'll keep us mm-hmm. in this, you know, get the bats alive. So I got no real issue with that. I mean, I'd rather that than like, okay, thank you. Uh, I got my paycheck and uh, now I'll just sit here yeah. on the side. I, I mean, I'd, I'd prefer that. Um, I My final question with the Phillies taking the 1-0 series lead, game two tonight here, Monday night um, in, in Atlanta again, down at the Battery. What do you do, Joel? Because you said the Phillies are going to win the World Series, so you're probably taking a tiny victory lap after Game One. But then you have all these Braves fans in your life, you know, my, myself included. You know, just being a transplant here, obviously. Tass, Jared, Trey, uh, Trey's been a longtime Braves fan. You must be torn a little bit. It's tough. I mean, yeah, this series, this series, it's close to home. Uh, but I'm just, I'm calling it like I see it, Keith. I'm calling it like I see it. I. Uh, you know, I have no dog in this fight, but I, yeah, I just Philly, I think they're for real. I think they were for real last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Atlanta last year. I think they can do it uh, again this year, but we'll see. All it's right. It's going to be an exciting series. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. Hey Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get direct TV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream direct TV over the internet now. Oh sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream direct TV without a satellite dish. Call one eight hundred direct TV. Terms or restrictions apply. And the uh, final series that we got to get your takeaway from, uh, the D-backs up 1-0 in the NLDS over the Dodgers, and uh, they just rocked Clayton Kershaw in Game 1. It got ugly in a hurry, and they got the victory. Uh, What do you think, Joel? Man, it was tough to see Clayton Kershaw just, you know, in the dugout, head down, just looking so defeated. I feel like we've seen that image again and again with him. And in years past, I think you might be able to blame it on certain things. Like he pitched so many innings. He put a lot of miles on that arm that season, whatever. But this year he only made 24 starts. I mean, he just had uh, an awful start. One of the most awful starts of his career, not only his postseason career. Uh, Yeah, the Dodgers were out of that game after the first inning. uh, Just took the wind right out of their sails. The Diamondbacks, I feel like no one talks about them. Like I didn't really pay much attention to them. I kind of thought that they would fade from the playoff picture and they kind of did. And then when it counted most, you know, at the end of the year, they, they snuck in there, but then, you know, they, they beat, you know, the central champs and the Brewers swept them and, you know, they took game one against the Dodgers. I mean, they just, they, they look like, again, they looked apart. Uh, they've got Zach Gallon going in game two. Like that's huge. Mm. Uh, the Rook, uh, the, who do the, the Dodgers have Bobby Miller, 
I think he's a rookie pitcher and Zach Gallon, who's going to get some Cy Young votes. I mean, this is a very winnable game for the Diamondbacks. They could potentially be going back home up two to oh, like no one would have suspected that. I thought the Dodgers were going to win this series and they were going to win it with ease. So it's crazy to see the the beatdown that the Diamondbacks put on them. But again, like are the Diamondbacks kind of the the National League version of the Rangers? Are they just getting hot at the right time? And, you know, they just have enough what it takes to make that run. They kind of give me those vibes as well. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Dodgers respond to that beatdown. I have to agree with your take about the Diamondbacks being overlooked. Again, I am a super casual baseball fan, but man, of all the teams in the MLB, I like legit forget half the time that the Diamondbacks are still here, (laughs) still in Arizona, and apparently still pretty good. I just do. I feel like they're one of the most least talked about teams in the entire league. And and that's including some other teams that are bad, but it still, you know, make headlines or at least still sort of in the zeitgeist for uh, casual sports fans like myself. So I agree with you on that, but yeah, they looked great in game one and it does feel like, especially, you know, for these teams like the Braves and the Dodgers that are down one Oh at home. I mean, it's must win time here in the uh, national. Exactly. Yeah. The pressure, the pressures on the Dodgers and the Braves, like big time, you know, those, uh, you know, those two teams, they just like they they need to win game two. They they absolutely need to win game two. And, you know, the Dodgers, I mean, they're just they just have the reputation of perennial playoff failures. I don't know if this is another chapter in this, but I mean, man, they just they couldn't have had a worse game one. All right. Final question here. Part of our takeaway. Who's been the biggest postseason disappointment so far? And you can either pick from these division series or going back to the wild card, and it can be teams, it can be a player. Who does Joel have on his list? Uh, well, it's a tie. It's a tie, Skeets, and it's between Tampa Bay and Toronto. Dating back to 2021, the Rays have lost seven consecutive playoff games, and dating back to 2020, the Jays have lost six consecutive playoff games. So that's obviously not good. Nope. Um, both teams have just really struggled in the playoffs in recent years. I think... Both of those teams have a lot of potential, a lot of hype surrounding them. People expect them to go far, possibly win championships the way they're constructed. And they just haven't. You know, they've just fallen very, very well short of that. You know, both teams, again, like out in the first round and not even really close in uh, in any of their games. I think in terms of kind of like going forward, what team is in better shape? I think it's Tampa just because they've got a better farm system. They've got better younger players, whereas Toronto's Toronto's kind of in this weird spot. They've got young players, they've got veterans, but they've got a lot of money tied in to the current guys on this roster and their farm system definitely is not great. So going forward, Toronto's going to have to make some uh, tough decisions, possibly listening to offers on Bo and Vladdy. But, you know, I mean, sports is a result-based, you know, industry. And if you're not getting results with the personnel you have, You've got to change them. And I think changes should and will be coming in Toronto and Tampa because can't just keep rolling the same roster out and getting knocked out in the first round. It's just, it's not acceptable. Fans kind of sick, get sick of that. And even you can see with the Jays fans, I mean, like most years, like I'm me and other Jays fans were so pumped up for the playoffs. And this year we were just kind of like, ah, whatever happens, happens, you know, like there wasn't that like energy and passion. So yeah, I would say the Rays, and and the Jays have been the biggest disappointments, but as the playoffs go on, 
I feel like we could add a couple of names to that list. Oh, absolutely. Some of these number one seeds for sure. If they keep to continuing to struggle, you said the Jays might trade, uh, excuse me, change players, but it sounds like they're not going to change managers. Uh, I'm sure you saw yeah. the uh, blue Jays GM coming out and saying, John Snyder will return in 2024. I saw you roll your eyes at that. Uh, not a fan of that decision. No, no, not at all. I mean, I don't get me started on the Jay ski. It's, 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 yeah. I, I want to enjoy our Thanksgiving broadcast here, our podcast, but uh, no, I mean, I, I just don't know how, like how you're going to roll that out. And then they had the, it seemed like both sides were pointing the fingers about taking Barrios out early. Mm-hmm. Uh, the GM of Toronto had to defend it and Schneider had to take credit for, it. I don't know that whole franchise has been kind of a bit of a mess this year, but uh Yeah, not a fan of him coming back next year. All right, so those are Joel's big takeaways from the Division Series so far. Uh, Very excited to see how these unfold. Now it's time for a new segment here on No Bunts. We're calling it Curveball Questions because these ones are funky. Some fun topics. JD, I want you to chime in as well. Don't you hesitate (laughs) to share your opinions because they're baseball adjacent. Let's put it that way, okay. because our first one, Joel tipped me off to this. Uh, it's a story about several astronauts are Orioles fans, and they're watching these playoffs. They're watching the postseason from outer space. And I, I fell down a rabbit hole, Joel. I fell down a black hole, thanks to you, <laughs> because, uh, you know, I'm starting like, why are all these Orioles fans in, in outer space? And I guess it's been going on for a while. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was one up there watching these games, and now there's a current Orioles fan. So uh, it's a fun story. I recommend you check it out. I know MLB had a story on it. But the question off of this is, what's the coolest place to watch a playoff baseball game? And I, I guess we have to – I mean, outer space is pretty cool, but uh, what else do you have on your list, Joel? Well, maybe mine's is a bit boring, but I'm going to keep it here on planet Earth. Um <laughs> My answer was inspired by an article I saw a couple months ago. I believe it was in Moscow. There were companies that that were going to project their brands into the air, like using drones or some, I don't know, like some projection light show. Okay. And they showed a rendering of what it would like. I'm like, oh my gosh, that actually looks terrible and terrifying. But... (laughs) For the purpose of this exercise, how cool would it be? Like, okay, so Skeets, JD, we're Ontarians. I'm going to pretend I'm a Torontonian for this. And let's say, like, you're watching the game projected into the Toronto sky. Okay. And you're just watching it downtown, like, with a bunch of other people. I don't know how you would do the sound. We got to be creative about that. Yeah. But just watch it beamed in to the sky similar to like when you go to Jurassic park and they've got it, they've got the Leafs and the yeah. uh, Raptors games, but take that, put it on steroids and just put a massive screen in the sky. People can enjoy it anywhere in the city. That would be mine. Okay. I think there's something there. Yeah. You're right. I guess like, yeah, audio, you'd have to like maybe through your phone or something, everybody yeah. would just be listening through their AirPods. You're all linked up. I mean, my only concern like you just even putting your neck up like that for three seconds made me go, Ooh, that's going to might, might hurt the neck watching mm. a full baseball game. Yeah, but but you're, you're talking like a full on lounger chair. Yeah. Just, just straight lie down yeah. and watch it in the sky. I do like the idea of an entire city or region being able to just wherever you are to look up into the sky. Yeah. But what would they have to be like? Uh, uh, game's canceled. It's cloudy tonight. Uh, <laughs> game two postponed. <laughs> uh, 
but I like the idea. Um, JD, I didn't do you, think that far. Yeah. I didn't think that no, far. No, well, no. You're, you're, hey, look, this is there's no bad ideas here. Hey, there's always rainouts in uh, in baseball. You just rain it, rain it out, and rain then out. You, you come back the next day. Okay, okay. Um, that's good. I I struggled with this. Like coolest place, I wrote down the best place to consume. That's important. Not watch a postseason game. I had two answers. One is at the stadium. Nothing beats actually being in a stadium for yeah. a postseason game. There is that. I've had the uh, uh, the honor, let me call it that, of seeing a World Series game here in Atlanta uh, not too long ago. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> looked like they were going to win the World Series that night when they went up like 4-0 <laughs> right away, and then they lost it. But anyway. Uh, but nothing to me, Joel. This is my uh, nostalgia kicking in here. But I love being at the cottage oh, listening yeah. to the baseball game. Oh, okay. Like, That's... You're sitting on the dock. Yeah. Sitting either by a fire, Mm -hmm. at the dock, just at the cottage, at the cabin, whatever you want to call it, lake house. People have different terms for it, but uh, just listening to it. Yeah. That's, mm, that takes me back. That's something I used to do with, uh, with my dad. And uh, it's great. I I I would still do it. I've actually done that with the Raptors game. In Puerto Vallarta, sitting by the pool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Which was uh, a throwback. Like, as yeah. you say, like, yeah. it's just a, just fun to hear. I can't remember who was on the call. This was in 2019, I guess. Oh, this was like the this championship is, run. You're yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. So people, it was very, uh, we were into it. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Do you have an answer, JD? Well, um, I have two answers. One uh, is the sphere in Las Vegas because oh. I'm oh. obsessed with it right now. Like nice. I've seen the footage from the U2 concerts, yep. and it. I was so I, such a hater of the sphere, you know. Like I thought, oh, okay, it's kind of cool, but I can't imagine seeing a concert there. But I saw one shot from a, a shaky uh, iPhone camera, and I was like, I'm in. It looks I'm in. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really does. Yeah, and it, apparently the sound is amazing too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that intrigues me. But also, I, I'm going the same as you, Skeets. Kind of um, at a beach bar outdoors Ooh. in the Dominican Republic because I've watched a, a baseball game in that in that scenario. The Dominicans love their baseball. Yeah. They love it. Yeah, they're so into it. I've when we lived in Canada, and I would come to the states, and I just like like to watch football around Americans because they're so into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So watching hockey around a bunch of Canadians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so that's my second answer. But the sphere, it might be too big. Let's be honest, it might be too big. But then again, I don't know. It looks like everything. Might be too big. Joel's calling to watch a game in the sky. That's bigger <laughs> that's than right. the sphere. That's right. The entire yeah. the entire sky, but. And it wouldn't get rained out, or would it? Because it did rain once, and I think there was damage to the sphere <laughs> at one time. So, I, uh, no. uh, our buddy Grisha's neighbor went to uh, the the opening U two shows in the oh, sphere. Yeah? Went to two of them. Wow! Yeah, they went greedy. To the, they went to the first one, and then it was so good. They went to a second one while they mm. were out there in Vegas. Things yeah. are good in that household, I guess. Well, I think he is a longtime U two fan okay. that he was on some list ah. and got like somewhat affordable tickets. Okay, yeah. There you go. Good for him. All right. Next, uh, next topic here. Next question off of it. Uh, the BBC, they aired four MLB playoff games over the weekend. That's right. On the other side of the pond, they're showing some baseball. <laughs> and so that got us thinking, what European sporting event intrigues you the most? So we're like flipping it on its head here. Uh, Joel, what's your answer to this? 
This was a tough one. Um, I am going to go with Champions League soccer or oh, football. Um, when I when I lived in Berlin, I got really into I got really into it. Uh, they would show the qualifying games every Tuesday and Wednesday, and it didn't matter who was playing, even if it wasn't a German team. I would still go with my colleagues, and uh, like it was super fun. And watching the final was uh, awesome. So yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Champions League. Honorable mention to the Ashes, which is a cricket. Yep. Uh, event between England and uh, Australia. That one's for Lee. He, he will be very happy with that. <laughs> is that the four day one, or is it? Uh, oh, is that the accelerator? I believe, yeah, that's a full. Yeah, it's a four or five day test, and they alternate like each country, like right. where yeah. they're where they're going to host it. Yeah, that's I like cricket. That's their Super Bowl when it comes to cricket for yeah. sure for those nations at least. Uh, do you? So when you lived in Berlin, you said you sort of got into it, but. Do you continue to watch Champions League's football at all, Joel, in Taiwan or no? No. No. No, as soon as as soon as I moved I mean I still kind of followed it a bit like after I moved. Yeah. Uh but I, I, I got off it. But I mean if I were ever to live in Europe again, I would get right back yeah. in there because it it's fun, man. I mean it's just uh you know, like you know, J J D said like watching D- D- Dominicans love their baseball. Germans love their football at a bar and they yeah. uh it's it's a fun atmosphere to watch a game in. I will uh, highly recommend to everyone out there that hasn't uh, fired it up yet the Beckham mm. documentary on Netflix. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a, do you watch it, JD? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, yeah. it's so good. It's like perfect for someone like me who obviously knows who David Beckham is. Right. But I didn't realize how much about football slash soccer it was going to be, like his career. And I didn't know like all the details, like really the highs and lows. Like I yeah. knew he was super young when he came on. He scored that super long goal. But like – I didn't know like all the ups and downs. It is awesome. And he is so cool. <laughs> He's a cool guy. Have you watched the whole thing? Like, yeah. All four finished. hours. Wow. Just finished. Cool. Just finished it. Do yeah. they explain what happened to his nose? Because no. he's got like a sort of crooked nose. Looks no, like it don't. was broken. Well, well, maybe he had some surgery done. Maybe. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I highly recommend it. It's great. Uh, my answer for this is uh, what European sporting event intrigues you the most. The Tour de France. Mm. intrigues me and there is a new like uh i forget if it's on netflix or or not but like there is a sort of a drive to survive like they did for f1 there's a series on cycling on tour de france and man they just they just hook me with these type of shows (laughs) like just give me like you know again you're you're casual you have an okay yeah they're just riding a bike and it's like no you idiot it's so much more than that yeah um so it intrigues me, even though I don't like to ride a bike all that much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a grueling, grueling race. Obviously, it's what like what is it, forty days oh or something? Yes, yeah. and ridiculous. like they're like some of these like some of the stages are like they're yeah. just straight uphill. Yeah, <laughs> on yeah. a bike, it's like I can't. Uh, never like any time you hit a hill on a bike. Oh, it's like the worst. Like, yeah, remember when you had to get off your bike and walk it up a hill like a sucker? Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, that one intrigues me. What about you, JD? I always wanted to be the guy on the back of the motorcycle riding backwards with the camera. Yeah. Uh, that that's like the yeah. best job in sports, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, they do it. I just watched the Chicago Marathon world record. Oh yeah, they do it. Of course. They're of always course. on the uh, the motorbike. Uh what about you though? Uh me, uh <laughs> weirdly, this weekend I watched an entire rugby world cup match. Wow. The whole thing. Oh nice. Why? I Honestly, I don't know. Like it was the TV was on and it was uh, England versus Samoa. Samoa was they've never beaten England and then they went up like I don't know 14 to 8 or something, but England rallied back oh. and they ended up lose Samoa lost 18 to 17, but 
What God. a game. I had no idea what was going on. I don't <laughs> get it. Like, how many times can you tackle somebody? I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. We're not going to get into it. Yeah, here, let's but. not let's not get <laughs> bogged is, down. But it is a cool sport. <laughs> it's cool to watch, and those guys are tough as nails. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. So I'm kind of into the Rugby World Cup now. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Well, what 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 would we call a spinoff podcast? In the, uh, uh, no tries. No. No tries. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Any, I don't know anything else. <laughs> That's all we know. <laughs> Next one, this one's for Joel, for sure. The long-running postseason promotion, Steal a Base, Steal a Taco, where Taco Bell rewards members and gives them a free taco if there is a stolen base in the World Series. You know, that bad, that bad boy is back. It'll be here for the rest of time. But the question is, we all love it. It's great. But what's another food chain slash baseball event marketing promotion that you would like to see? Joel, what do you got for this? Okay, well, Skeets, I hope these jokes are funny. I hope these jokes land. <laughs> Never a good sign um, when you have they, to set it up. They, sound, they sounded funny to me when I was writing them. All okay, right, so right. if a pitcher, yep, if a pitcher gets ten or more strikeouts, each American gets bo- gets a box of Special K that they can put in their cupboard and forget that it's there for the next six years. <laughs> okay. okay, you don't you don't like Special K? Uh, I think I eat one bowl of cereal every four years. Oh, interesting. I, I mean, That's why I made that special K joke. I mean, cereal's not really big in Taiwan. Oh, okay. I mean, I go through phases with cereal where I eat cereal nonstop, but then I go weeks, if not months, without eating it. But that's the milk reason for me. Right. Nora doesn't drink milk. Okay. I can't stand that I can't buy milk in smaller portions at most places here. So I have to buy a ton of milk. I'm never going to get through it, and I hate getting rid of food. And so Mm -hmm. it pisses me off. So, like, when I get it, I crush cereal and obviously use the milk. But then I'm like, oh, okay, that's too much milk. So What's the go-to cereal? Uh, I'm a Honey Nut Cheerios guy. But I'll eat a Special K. I don't don't mind a Special K. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, Okay. next one. What else you got? Um, (laughs) Okay. If a playoff game exceeds three hours, each American is gifted a free case of Monster Energy drink. <laughs> That's a good one. Just got to do things quickly. Okay. Um, if a player hits three or more dub- doubles in a postseason game, Americans will be treated to a free double down courtesy of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, what, what's a double down? A sandwich? Yeah. it's the... What's a double down? I don't really know. J.E. Skeets, what's a double down? I'm taking you it's next the, time we go. <laughs> is it the it's the one without the bread, right? It's the chicken. Yeah. yeah oh two pieces God. of chicken. The uh, bread is the chicken? Yeah. Yeah. What's in between unhealthy. though, Joel? What's what's in between the chicken? It's 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 a piece of fried chicken, I think, in between two pieces of other fried chicken. Oh, and then there's like <laughs> cheese. That's three pieces of chicken then. How is it a double? I don't work in KFC okay, marketing, okay, Skeets. Okay. I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. They just called the double down. Yeah, you're asking the wrong okay. guy. But it's yeah. it, like it's horribly unhealthy. Mm. Yeah, yes, I, I believe that. Okay. Uh, but I like that. A bunch of doubles are hit in a game, and then everybody gets yeah. one. Okay, good one. Got it. I got a couple more okay. here. Um, if there are no pitch clock violations, every American gets four old lifesavers from your aunt's purse. <laughs> Just for a job well done. Just for a job well done. No mistakes. You did a good job. 
Go grab, go grab Aunt Jane's purse. Get yourself some lifesavers. Lifesavers, man. I haven't thought about a lifesaver in a long time. Yeah, I did enjoy It's been it. a while, right? Yeah. It's been a while since you've had a lifesaver. I would like one, actually. I do. I was a fan of lifesavers. Okay. Okay, what else? And uh, last one here. If any player under the age of 25 hits three or more singles, then Americans get a pizza pocket and a white claw. <laughs> Why? Well, I just thought 25 <laughs> years old, you're single. Oh, that's what oh, single people under 25 eat. Oh, okay. um, I, I have no idea what 25-year-old <laughs> people do at all. 25-year-olds still eating. Uh... I'm 42 and I live in Asia. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what 25-year-olds do. A pizza pocket so... and a white claw. I do like that. Uh, I actually yeah. wanted to, uh, to bring it back to the tacos for a second. I didn't know if you knew about this, Joel. But this year, Taco Bell and uh, the trading card brand Tops, they introduced – a limited edition run of Tops Taco Fracto cards. Fractor, excuse me. Taco Fractor. It's not easy to say. So these were hidden randomly. They're already in circulation in packs. So people were pulling these. And like, I think, JD, do you have a photo? Yeah. So people were pulling these cards. Oh. And everybody was like, what the hell are these? Like there's tacos on them. For all the podcast listeners, we're showing it here on YouTube uh, on No Bunts. But we have found out what they actually represent. Get this, Joel. Holders of a Taco Fracto, Taco Fractor, my God, I can't say <laughs> taco that. Taco Fractor I know, hard it's not say. easy to say. Holders of these cards, of the first player who steals a base during the 2023 World Series, or holders of the wild card, because there's a wild card version out there in the wild, whoever gets them, whoever has the right card with the right player on it that steals the first base in the World Series, they score Taco Bell for life. Wow. Now, what? Yes. Yes, this is true. But here's the catch. They say Taco Bell for life, but what it really is is a 15,000 digital Taco Bell gift card. And I know Joel loves Taco Bell. I said it off the top of the show. Do you think that's fair, Joel? 15,000? Does that <laughs> would that last you for life? Or is that, you know, not not fair uh, marketing? <laughs> Fifteen thousand dollars it's worth. Yeah. But only at Taco yeah. Bell. Yes. Yeah, don't don't call it something something for life and then give it a value of fifteen thousand uh, dollars. Yeah. I mean listen, I wouldn't turn it down. Like I love I love Taco Bell. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. I, I had no idea. That's a smart promotion. It's almost like a Willy Wonka golden yep. ticket, uh, but with a twist. Yeah, that's uh that's smart. Oh man, now I'm now I'm craving a combo number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there, combo number three I here. think there are five cards for like a lot of the players uh, in the postseason sort of thing. And then, like I said, there's five wild cards. Uh, so if there's no player with a particular Taco Fractor card, then the wild card works. So, yeah, we're going to have – I'm getting at five people here are going to be eating a lot of Taco Bell. $15,000. Yeah. I mean, how often would you have Taco Bell? Like twice a month maybe? Oh, I mean – if you won this, you'd probably be having it once a yeah, week, I at suppose, least, wouldn't yeah. it? I would think so. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, all right. Well, good luck to hopefully somebody we know has got one of those. All right. A couple more here. Um, this is interesting. Diamondbacks president Derek Hall said that if the Dodgers win the NLDS in Chase Field, which is in Arizona, they would be allowed to celebrate in the pool in center field. All right? So – are you okay with this? Is this good sportsmanship? Should they be allowed? Again, if the Dodgers were to win in Chase Field, it's behind Joel right now on his screen. Uh, is that is that cool to you, Joel? Like, uh, what's your take on this? 
I have I have mixed feelings about this skeets. I mean, on on the one hand, I think it is a nice olive branch. I think it is great sportsmanship that the uh, Diamondbacks, you know, wouldn't be petty and they would say, "Listen, you beat us fair and square. Enjoy our nice pool in center field." I'm okay with that. But there's another part of me that's like, "No, f that." You yeah. know, like imagine playing someone else. Like imagine playing like uh baseball like with a bunch of other neighborhood kids from like a neighborhood over and you play them in a game and then they absolutely stomped you. Would you be like, "Hey guys, you want to come and use my pool?" I'd be like, "No, man." You know? I'm going to be a bitter kid and I'm not going to let you swim in my pool. So I don't know. Uh, right now, I don't think the Diamondbacks have to worry about that at the moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like I'm 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 the I'm of the mentality, like defend this home, uh, do what you need to do. I know that's cheesy and corny, but I don't know. To me, I don't if it, if I were the Diamondbacks and I saw the Dodgers celebrating in my own pool, I'd probably be pretty pissed. Oh, man, I am with you. If I'm the yeah. D-backs and I lose at home. As soon as that final out happens, pool's closed for the summer or for the fall. Uh, lifeguards off duty. Put the cover on. Keep it warm. Yeah, it's shut down. Sorry, you're not yeah. celebrating. You're not, I mean, you know, demoralizing like all the Dodgers running out. To, it's in center field. Totally. It's not home plate. Yeah. They got to all go out there, and then they got their bubbly, and they're all drinking and splashing and peeing in the pool. Get aren't there fans in the pool during the game? Yeah, I mean, usually. Yeah. I, yeah. So the true a true fan. If they're Holds losing, their ground. they just they, <laughs> they they poop in the pool. They just poop. Oh wow! I mean, I get a I get a notice every uh, every other couple of days about the my local why. Um, pool's closed pool. for unplanned maintenance. That means some Someone somebody pooped in the pool. Yeah, that's all yeah. you do. Like ninth inning, we're losing. Wow. That's a real, and then you, and then yeah, and then have at it. You guys want to ce- celebrate in the pool? <laughs> By all means, be our guest. Wow. <laughs> okay, Joel, <laughs> Joel anything? Really yeah, that's really going for it. Yeah, that's really going for it. It is going for it. Okay, we'll just keep going here. Final one. Um, Clayton Kershaw said he quote got over his fear of failure. And now he really enjoys pitching in the playoffs. Keep in mind, I believe he said this before he got rocked in game one uh, on Saturday night where we saw sad Clayton in the, uh, in the dugout, like Joel said. But the question off this is, what is something you used to fear or dislike, but you enjoy now? Joel, get us started. I got two answers. I'm going to say one thing I used to dislike and one thing I used to fear. So I used to have a fear of flying. I was never a good flyer. Hmm. I'm an okay flyer now. Hmm. Not oh. the greatest flyer, but uh, I'm a pretty good flyer. Um, something I used to dislike, but I don't like anymore, ceviche. <laughs> ceviche. Hey. Never used to like ceviche uh. and then had it had it last year in San Diego. And I was like, oh, man, I got it wrong about ceviche. <laughs> I'm, 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 I like ceviche. Wow. So there, there it is. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought you would go with... Uh sort of a food-based answer for at least one of these. I did as well. I used to, like, dislike eggplant, mm. uh, like, way back in the day. I love eggplant now. Yeah. But yeah. I think eggplant needs a whole new branding. Like, it's called – It does. Like, yeah, just – it's a weird name when you yeah. really think about it, and uh, it's, a, it's a unique look. But I love eggplant, man. You put that on – you put that on pizza, man, a side dish. Like, I love it. So that was my answer, too, a food-based one. What do you got, hmm. J.D.? 
I mean, I, I don't want to be boring and stuff because uh, I bring it up all the time. But uh, I was very down on pickleball until I actually played oh, it. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, I love it now. Now you're addicted. I'm addicted. I got a problem. I got, definitely got a problem. And, and Joel, just to go back to your fear of flying, you said you're an okay flyer. You wouldn't call yourself the best. Like, are you – like, what does that mean? Are you still clutching, uh, you know, the, the hand rests or the arm rests, excuse oh, me? Oh, yeah. Oh, you really are? Oh, yeah. Oh, so you're like yeah. – take, take off and landing, you're still – you're like not freaking out, but you're like, who intense. Take, taking taking off – like, the first 10 minutes, I'm a wreck, you know? Wow. Like, Phil or Skeets, if we ever fly – I'm going to hold your hand on the first 10 minutes. Uh, Just yeah. let it happen. Yeah, yeah. Let it happen. Sorry about my uh, <laughs> clammy hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, take taking off is land, like landing's fine. Turbulent. I mean, I've done a lot of like at this point in my life, a lot of cross Atlantic, cross Pacific flights, but uh, or trans Pacific flights, whatever. But yeah, just was never flying. Don't like rides. Have a terrible feel of roller coasters. Oh, just wow. don't like heights. Don't. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, I'm just kind of used to it now uh at at this point so yeah but a little bit of that turbulence i'll be white knuckling don't you worry uh, turbulence yeah. that does suck it does when it's bad it's yeah. it's it sucks and you just feel the anxiety of everybody on the plane yeah i hate that part more than anything i'm i start to get more worried because of other people's worry right uh i i can't stand that i luckily haven't i mean knock on wood i'm getting on a flight tomorrow but uh I haven't had I haven't experienced a lot of crazy turbulence uh, like some I people have. have you? Yeah. yeah. I have, yeah. Whew. I mean I I I don't really it doesn't bother me because there's nothing to hit up there really, you know. Yeah, birds. Like, mm, Watch out birds. for birds. Birds, there's no birds at 30,000 feet. Okay. <laughs> Good point. Watch out for those drones uh, airing the baseball game That's right. that Joel's got on. Fly around those. You can fly around. Yeah, just fly around them. Uh, all right, well let's call it there. New segment Will it last? Curveball questions. I liked it. Joel, great work on coming up with a lot of those and fun answers from all of the guys here. Let's call it there because, again, I got to get ready for a flight to New York City (laughs) for a quick little athletic trip. That's why we were doing this one on Monday. Thanks to everybody joining us live on YouTube. Smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic Baseball Show. Go subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks for the best sports writing in the world, especially when it comes to MLB, NBA. I'm sure there's some great articles on uh, on rugby, on the Tour de France, <laughs> on obviously, oh man, you want to talk about soccer slash football. You got some of the best writers in the world. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Get yourself a subscription. All you podcast listeners, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. We'd appreciate that. Joel, any... Uh, Parting thoughts here on a, on a Canadian Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for, J- uh, Joel? I'm thankful for our 25 years of friendship, uh, Skeets, uh. and I'm thankful that you continued to be my friend after I poured about half a bottle of Crown Royal at your house the first time I met you. <laughs> yeah, Wait, where did not you intentionally, it? Not intentionally. Yeah, what did you do? Share that story real quick. We were... We were doing shots in your kitchen. It was me, yeah. you, and Ken, and uh, oh, yeah. we were like, I was just like kind of throwing them in the direction of my <laughs> mouth after I got a certain <laughs> level of drunk. And I'm not, I don't know how much actually. And I remember I passed out in your house, and I think I'd known you like a week or two at this yeah, point. Yeah, I was gonna and, say uh, we we're fairly new friends. <laughs> yeah, and you still stuck with me. So, Skeets, wow. I'm thankful for that. You never gave up on me. I did it. I'm glad I did. Well, guys, for Joel. <laughs> 
for JD, for myself. Enjoy that sweet October baseball. We'll see you here next week on No Bunts. Embrace the day, people. Thank you.